This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. there how many kids do all of us have between all of us i've got four timmy's got how many fuck how many do you have i got two you got two eric's got five hunter's got what three five (laughs) 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 forget me we're down to two left in the house so i was gonna say most of eric's children don't qualify as children anymore because they're not actually dependents (laughs) yeah they're they're pretty fucking dependent i don't know (laughs) Well, that's probably true. Facts. I should say that they probably qualify to file their own taxes by now. Well, if they'd ever get a goddamn job and income, (laughs) yeah, they would. (laughs) Oh, man. Can't wait for that to happen. (laughs) Welcome back to the South End Zone. Part of the Bailey Up Sports Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. Thanks for hanging out with us. With me, as always, is my co-host, Eric Mulher. Eric, what's happening, man? We made it. One hundred. I didn't think yeah. we'd make it to 10. Yeah, I mean, I had doubts, but it, still plugging along. Uh, hit, hit the century mark, only only upward from here. Indeed, man. How was your uh, – I, I really enjoyed your conversation with Cole Kublik last week, man. Is he a pretty smooth guy off the air, too? Well, honestly, we didn't have a ton of time off the air because guys like him are so busy. It was, oh, hey, how you doing? How much time you got? Okay, cool. Record. And like there was <laughs> zero uh, yeah. like off air uh, conversation, but it was fun. And is I mean, it's the first time I ever interviewed someone with their own Wikipedia page. So it was a big step for me. <laughs> But no, it was it was good informed. He packed a lot of information into twenty minutes too. Yeah, dude, that, and, that dude is pro material. He does. Yeah, you can tell he does that shit for a living. So. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty evident. Yeah, yeah, a lot better than we are. Uh, and speaking of we, a couple of guests that a the royal rest of the listeners might know, they're back. Hunter Baloo, Timmy Poe, they're back. Timmy, I'm starting to you. I'm I'm coming to you first since you've had the longest absence from the show, understandably so. What's happening, dude? Welcome back. Uh, not a lot, man. Um, I, I guess I, I, you know, you guys must be scraping the bottom of the barrel for you know high-profile guests. So you guys hit us up to kind of be the filler material here in between. So you know, we're we're glad to, to fill that role for you here. But it's uh, it's good to be back talking with you guys, man. Cole Kubelik to Timmy Popovich is a. A step. Yeah, just uh, a little bit. I will bit. say that. Just a little bit. I, I have been on Wikipedia before. I don't, I don't know about having my own page, but uh, I have seen the website, so maybe that qualifies. You're about to have your own page. Wait for it. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm good with that. <laughs> we're gonna, Brother of Guilfoyle. We're going <laughs> <laughs> to put you on link the map. Him, link him to the succession, or not succession, what is it? Silicon Valley? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. anybody wonders what Timmy Poe looks like, just think about Guilfoyle from Silicon Valley, and that's him. Oh, geez. All right. Well, and uh, by the way, Timmy, congrats on your retirement. Way to go. You look like a homeless man. Fantastic. Welcome just to the club. As I, just as I planned. <laughs> yeah. Hunter, welcome back, dude. How's uh, how's the world of soccer? And a little bit of a break for you with the Premier League ending, sort of. Yeah, everything's pretty much over now. Uh, Champions League's over, Premier League's over. So kind of just like, Watching baseball. Yeah, man. Well, the Astros are still kicking everyone's ass pretty much. So, you know, don't 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 feel too bad. But 
I do have a soccer related question for you later in the show. Should be interesting. Sweet. It's, uh, it's yeah. Well, you know, that's why you're here. But uh, anyway, so before we get into this sort of list of just general BS that we can talk about, we do have some breaking news that just broke about an hour ago. And Alabama this, sucks. Uh, well, <laughs> that's not th- breaking. I was about to say, I'm, I'm not sure that's breaking news, but to um, <laughs> we'll get there. Um, so about an hour ago, the 2024 SEC schedule was released. Now, these are not dates and understand this is like a one and done type of schedule. It's going to change again next year, but we did get the home and away opponents for all the SEC teams, including Texas and Oklahoma, which I got to say right off the top, boys, get ready, because Oklahoma has an absolute fucking gauntlet uh, in their welcome to the SEC. So thank God it's about time. (laughs) This is not your uh, typical Big 12 schedule. So I'm going to run down a few of these teams, the the ones we find relevant, at least the contenders uh, in the SEC. But I do want to touch on Oklahoma and Texas, given that it's their first year in the league. So home and away opponents for Oklahoma in 2024. Home is Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas, which Texas is a neutral site, obviously. And then away, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Mizzou. They might not make a bowl game. Like, I don't even think they're going to get close to a bowl game if they don't seriously improve this year and looking up next year. I mean, Bama, Tennessee, South Carolina at home, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss on the road. Good God. It's a lot different than uh, Baylor, uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Teams like that. Eric, what do you think about uh, Oklahoma's fucking gauntlet there? I think it's going to be kind of everyone's or close to everyone's schedule when, when you add those two teams, you know, Georgia's is not much different. Alabama's isn't much different. Texas, which I know you'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. They're, they're going to have their hands full. Uh, and then you look at a team like Vanderbilt, for instance, you know, instead of, <laughs> instead of playing seven teams, you're probably going to lose to, you're playing seven teams that are probably going to annihilate you because yes. now you got two more that are just noticeably more talented. So I, what is curious to me would be like what the teams like Arkansas and Missouri and South Carolina, those teams that we kind of look at as sort of middle of the pack in the SEC, which way they go uh, with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, you know, up or down. Yeah, no doubt. And we're going to find out some of that because Texas – they are home for Florida and Georgia. So you got Georgia going on the road to Texas to welcome Texas to the SEC in their first season. And uh, they also have Kentucky and Mississippi State at home, their neutral site game with Oklahoma. And then they are on the road, pretty light road schedule, Arkansas, A&M, and Vanderbilt. The significant one there being A&M. The rivalry is back. Timmy, what do you think about Texas A&M and Texas finally fucking playing again after God knows how many years? Since 2010? Since 2010, 11? Jesus, it's been like 12, 13 years. Oh, I'm here for it, man. It's going to be an absolute shit show. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I love it. Um, you know, Texas A&M was, you know, super butthurt about Texas and ejected to the SEC and thought they'd get away from him. And now the little brothers come and following them down the street saying, Hey, we're here. <laughs> and, you know, I can just see the butthurt oozing out of Texas A&M fans and I'm here for it. And, you know, it's good for the sport to bring back a lot of these longstanding rivalries. Cause you know, you seem to be losing a lot of that with all these teams changing conferences and things. So it's good to have some some rivalry back in the mix there, in my opinion. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt. Everything we said last fall about the backyard brawl coming back after that hiatus, like multiply it by ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, exactly. that place, the twelfth man is going to be going absolutely fucking nuts. Like there is so much just long-standing hatred between these two fan bases. It's going to be pretty wild. Like, there will be some people arrested like that night. It's going to be fucking amazing. And I can't wait to see it. But, uh, okay, so moving forward here to a couple of the notable teams. Um, Alabama, the, the only really notable thing to take away from this schedule is that they play Georgia in the regular season, which has only happened like five times since 2000. So, 
Uh, really fortunate that we get to see that game during the regular season. Like, I think the SEC did a really good job here putting together this schedule based on competition and giving some of the lower tier teams manageable schedules, but giving the tougher teams, you know, somewhat manageable. But I mean, we'll we'll talk about Georgia's schedule here in a minute. Uh, so Auburn. Hunter, I'm coming to you on this one because I know Auburn is uh, near and dear to your heart, right next to LSU. Okay, so Auburn plays Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt at home. I think that's pretty manageable. And then they've got Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Mizzou on the road. Hugh Freeze in year two is going to have to sack the fuck up. No? Yeah, they might not win a road game. Mizzou, I don't know, man. Mizzou's pretty fucking bad, but, you know, according to a couple of podcast guests we've had that people seem to be higher on them, I don't, I can't understand why. I'm just glad we don't have to play Auburn as LSU fan because even when they're shit, they still find a way to beat us. And yeah, you just never know. Yeah. yeah. It's one it of those is. games. It's a, it's a fucking nightmare, but it's always good, fun to watch. So it's very fun to watch. So speaking of LSU, we'll get to Georgia in just a second. Your, <clears throat> your, your boys, uh, Hunter, Got uh, Alabama, Oklahoma, Old Miss at home, along with Vandy, which is a win. Away, Arkansas, Florida, South Carolina, Texas A&M. So I would say four middle-of-the-road kind of programs at South Carolina should be really interesting, but we don't know what their quarterback situation will be. So realistically, I think LSU kind of got the best draw here of all the teams that are top tier. Yeah, I would say that. I mean – other than going to Florida, I mean, it's always hard to go to Florida and win, but going to Texas a is going to be tough, but obviously playing Alabama at home is going to be our toughest our toughest game, I would say, but I like the schedule. It, I think it favors LSU yeah, more I than agree. it favors any other team's schedule. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of teams that it doesn't favor, the last one I really want to cover here because the rest of those teams, we don't really expect to have a chance to win the SEC, so Georgia, man, this schedule. Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State at home, Alabama, Texas, Ole Miss, and Kentucky on the road. You kidding me? I mean, that is a fucking gauntlet. Eric, that is the complete and utter polar opposite from what they're doing this year. Yeah, I I mean, it's good that they've got the the kind of the the lighter schedule out of the way this year because uh, 2024 will be drastically different. I do think it's funny that Texas A&M has been in the SEC since 2012 and Georgia's going to take a road trip to play Texas before they take a road trip to play A&M. (laughs) <laughs> but isn't that ridiculous though? Yeah. 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 So how they, I mean, the eight game schedule with East and West and all that. And I, I think they were scheduled to go there in 2020 maybe. And that was a, they kind of moved everything around with COVID and that I, it's, a, but it's still, I mean, they've been in the same league for 11 years and haven't played. That's just baffling, but yeah, they're going to, uh, and, and that's just the conference schedule. They they have a neutral site with Clemson to open the season. Yes. Um, so their their twenty twenty four schedule is going to look drastically different from what they got this fall. Yeah, agree. They better get another title this year because twenty twenty four. I don't know that they'd be the betting favorite, uh, depending on how this year shakes out. Well, but, you know, uh, nobody says four peating was easy. Yeah, no, no, they didn't. And uh, speaking of LSU, Hunter, you you guys also play uh, one of your favorite teams uh, in the opener uh, next year, which is USC. Add in Lincoln Riley's horseshit to that uh, favorable schedule. So I don't know. I feel like, uh, I mean, USC doesn't play any defense, so I think LSU will be fine there. But um, that's pretty much all the major takeaways that I took away from this. They are going to eliminate divisions. So next year it'll just be the top two teams in the conference. So just like everybody else is starting to do now, there's no divisions. It's just, it's going to be changing every year. And once the new college football playoff comes in, they'll start doing a round robin or however they're going to do it. So I saw oh, some, some information and I, I didn't go into it too deep, but you guys might be able to answer this one. I'm very casual college football fan here, but I saw that there was a vote. Wasn't, wasn't there a vote on if they should do eight or nine conference games in the SEC? There was. Yes. Yeah. Do we there know was, which teams was, voted which way? No, we don't know which teams voted which way, but uh, I know there's been some reports that that did come out. I think four teams voted to go to nine, and then Mm -hmm. the rest either said let's push it a year or let's stay at eight, you know, on on a more permanent basis. But I think what I read was that I I think Missouri was one that voted to go to nine. 
Yeah, and I think Saban voted to go to nine. He's been a big proponent of nine for years. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Brian Kelly voted to go to nine conference yeah. games. So, so to answer Hunter's question, they they voted to stay at eight conference games for 2024 only, and then they'll when the playoff expands in 25, they'll revisit. But yeah. they did throw in the caveat that everyone plays at least one Power Five team in non-conference. Yeah, so that's kind of. Yeah, fingers crossed, I promise. (laughs) Well, ultimately, it's about money. I mean, the SEC has no reason to expand the conference uh, game schedule to nine games because their current TV deal with ESPN is for eight conference games. So why would you increase your conference schedule and not get a bigger payout? So that's that's realistically what the ultimate deciding factor was, was money. So um, as always. Yeah, as per the usual. So expectations for everyone's favorite team. This is an interesting topic, but I'm, I'm just going to go last because I, I, I am so, I have no idea what Alabama's going to do, but Hunter, I'm going to start with you. You're two of the Brian Kelly era, man. Are you, you were about as bearish on LSU football this time last year as anybody that I've ever heard. Where are you at now? There'll be no questions from me. I represent me in this issue. Please ask me after. I'm hopeful. Last year, I, I I thought going in, I thought Brian Kelly, the way he was, I still personally think the way he was conducting himself was a little unprofessional. <laughs> um, just kind of embarrassing, I guess. But the uh, the way he coached that team and, and got them to that season, he got way more wins than I thought they would. And all I can do is eat crow and say, do it again, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And I would like to point out, um, if know, we win 10 for, games this year, I'll be excited. And yeah, I think we well, can. Yeah. I mean, it's possible for sure. I think a lot the of LSU's, I mean, I wouldn't shock me if they won the SEC. I mean, if they beat Georgia in that game, it would shock me, but we'll see. Um, and I would like to point out that, uh, around this time last year, Timmy said that Billy Napier was a better coach than Brian Kelly, just for the record stating that still, still sticking to my guns on that one. <laughs> Oh, man, maybe you should stick around for the SEC previews because Florida doesn't look too good down there. Uh, Graham Mertz is their quarterback, and that should tell you all you need to know. But, Eric, you're up because we all know you're a big fucking Florida State homer, so give it to me. What's your expectations? I mean, I know it's June, but, you know, humor me. Yeah, I I mean, I they'll be favored in at least 10 games. Uh, I think they, if I had to pick, I would say they go 11-1. and one and play in the ACC championship game with a shot to go to the playoff. I think they're going to be – they bring back everybody of consequence from a team that was really, really good. They were one of four teams that was top 15 offense and top 15 in defense, uh, along with Georgia, Ohio State, and I believe Michigan was the other. I mean, they were they played very, very good football, and they lost a safety and one of their three running backs, and they're bringing back basically everybody else. And they added guys in the portal. Uh, they robbed South Carolina blind. So, yeah, Florida State, the team I probably follow the closest, I think they're going to be very, very good. I would tend to agree, but we'll see. Not going to buy into that completely just yet. All right, now, Timmy, I'm coming to you here. I don't know how in the loop you still are on Virginia Tech football. It's been kind of a shit show up there. The in-state recruiting is getting a little better. I did notice they are starting to get a few more kids from the Blacksburg, you know, D.C. area. So that is getting a little better. That's really the only positive consequence that I took away. Did you see their spring game or have any thoughts on them? Uh, I didn't watch the spring game, but I have been keeping up with them, you know, over the off season. And, you know, if you're going to ask me what my expectations are, I really have no expectations for this team, especially after what happened last year. You know, it's going to be a long process to get them back to where anywhere close, you know, to what they were under Frank Beamer. And like you said, they've made a little bit of progress, but you know, I'm still not completely 100% sold on Brent Pry. I saw a lot of gaffes um, in the you know decision making last year by him and his staff, both in game and in preparation type stuff. So you know, I, I'm going to reserve judgment for at least another year or two to see if he can maybe 
you know, get some more experience doing that stuff and learn from some of his mistakes. But are they going to win four or five games? Maybe. I don't know. They could win two. I mean, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. But, you know, they're going to be a bottom dweller again this year. And uh, I'm just looking for some improvement in the coaching staff and, you know, continued, you know, improvement on the recruiting trail to hopefully start to, you know, build some of the talent back up that we had here before. Mm. Well, I'm going to stick with you for a minute because I don't really want to talk about Alabama and expectations for them because, I mean, they're kind of spoken for. So, Good, um, me neither. <laughs> but I did want to get both of you guys, since we haven't had you on the show in a long time, uh, your takes on this absolute fucking shit show that is going on in Colorado with Coach Pram. What's your take on this just roster debacle? Timmy, um, I don't know so much about the uh, the, the roster. Uh, well, stuff, I can tell you, I, I, I can would, tell you real quick. It's seventy dudes have turned over since last year. Well, no, I know that, but what I was getting ready to say is, I was paying more attention to the uh, the beef with Narduzzi and that whole situation. That one really made me laugh. Um, that was good stuff, but you know. His situation is going to be really interesting to watch because, you know, we I think we we're all in agreement that it's really difficult to build a winning and sustainable program around transfer portal uh, players. And I think that that's, you know, his foundation for most of his teams that he's coached at Jackson State. Um, And it's his foundation for what he's trying to do at Colorado. And I don't know how it's going to shake out, man. Um I think he's a good coach, honestly. Uh, I like, you know, his coaching style and his knowledge of the game. But I think his management of the roster, he could definitely learn some things from some people who've been doing it a while. And, you know, it'd behoove him to do that. Well, he did uh, put together some good members of the coaching staff. I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, uh, and he talked about all the assistants that he's brought in. You know, guys like Mike Zimmer, good example, who – coached him in the NFL who can kind of be a mentor to him. So I, I do think I'll give Dion that much. He's put him, he's put some talent around him and some guys who are, you know, some like salty old fuckers that, you know, may, may keep him in check and his ego in check. Hunter, what do you think about that shit show up there? I don't know anything about it. <laughs> if I'm being honest. He, he coaches Colorado. <laughs> That's a state. Oh, Oh, the Buffaloes. <laughs> I have no opinion on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's I'm so sorry. Good. I'm so not, sorry, but I'm not cutting honest. that out. I'm not cutting that out at all. That I mean, is who the so fuck cares stupid. about Colorado anyway? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yes, that's the take we want. But who fucking cares? Yeah, um, I was gonna say put it in terms he'll understand and then explain that you know if relegation existed in NCAA football, Colorado would have been sent down to probably like Division three after this year when they went one and eleven. Okay, well, now I'm, I'm with you now. So everybody right, so, loves yeah, seeing right, a team get okay. relegated. So, so hang on. That's a great segue to this. We can actually talk about that now. So that, that was a question that was posed on a show that I was listening to the other day. Shout out to Josh Pate, late kick. But I wanted to ask Hunter this because he is deep in the soccer game. So, so deep. Would you be for or against a relegation model similar to the Premier League? Wait a minute. Uh, Hold on a minute. This I'm was, getting there. I'm getting my, there. This was my fucking idea. I'm when getting I, there. When I'm I was there. anointed commissioner. I already that's know. How I won. You kidding I already, me? I already know your take. You got jabronis from ESPN. Yeah, but that was rigged. Taking my material. You kidding me? <laughs> Eric claims it was rigged. <laughs> Wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Uh, I already know your take, and I was going to remind everybody of that, that this was Timmy's idea. But, Hunter, what would you think about a relegation model in college football? And this is, of course, assuming that eventually we get to like a big two of about 60 teams. Like SEC Big Ten, they absorb all these other shit conferences and sort of become like a mini NFL, AFC, NFC type of thing, which is – if you listen to our episode a few a couple of months ago with Dennis Dodd, that's sort of what he talked about, that that's sort of the trajectory college football's on is the big two. So 
would you be for or against a relegation model where the bottom three, four, five get relegated and you bring up four or five from a league below? I think it would be great, but I kind of feel like we already have that in a way. And I feel like it's mostly about who has the most money because that's going to, who's that's, who's going to end up being at the top. Right. And I feel like we kind of already have that. We already have basically the same top 25 teams, give or take five or 10 teams year in and year out. Call that your premier league, right? It's, it's always your contenders. Everybody yeah. else is, you know, that's it's your kind English of their, league and your champions yeah. league. And it, it's, it's all your sub leagues, you know? So I, I, I think it'd be cool if they structured it in a way like that, but I think way too much money would get involved. And I think money is involved way too much already. Mm, yeah. Well, I don't hate that take. That's, that's a it's good a, point. It's a collegiate sport. It's not supposed to be a business, but it is, isn't it? Yeah. So, so I'm not going to disagree with you, but I am going to point out the, the one thing that it would do is take a team like Rutgers. Right? We all love to dump on Rutgers because <laughs> they just suck, and they have no business being in the Big Ten. Everybody no. knows it. No. I mean, they're getting a pretty large share of the revenue from whatever money is coming in and the TV deals and everything else. And they're not spending their share, you know, equitably as much as Penn State is. So if you want to keep collecting that paycheck, then start putting some money in your program, putting some fucking players on the field and win some goddamn games or else you're going to Biff League. So <laughs> That's that's what I think it does for the sport. It, and sending think, your ass to the Mac. It would yeah. definitely make it way more competitive. I agree. Exactly. And I think you would see a lot less of these programs that are for having four powder puff games a year. You know, you wouldn't see those games. You it would be super super competitive, and there would be style points involved. It would be no mercy. I'm going to beat you by as many points as I can. It would be ruthless. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to see. Well, yeah. and something else that we're not taking into account here is that you would have some must-see TV even on the bottom end games. Like it's like okay, down to the fucking last game, it's Northwestern versus fucking Rutgers. Who's getting fucking dropped out of the league? Whoever loses, like if there's well, a lot of those, just gonna be like, news, yeah. like you know, a lot of put it on. Like, Why not? Take take them both. <laughs> yeah. You see, there's this. There's also other factors too. So it's not just those two teams. So it's not like if this one wins, they're relegated. If that one wins, you know, there's other games that can impact relegation too, right? Like in mm -hmm. soccer. So Premier League this year, it was three teams that all had to do a certain thing for Everton to not get relegated or or whoever it was. It was uh, can't remember who it was at the time. Like doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> nobody cares. So it was three three teams that had to do certain things, all playing different opponents, and they all played at the same time because the last game of Premier League is played at the, at the same time on the last day of the season. So nobody knows what the results are, but you're playing your best, right? And you find out if you're going to get relegated after you're done. That, I watched those three teams play, and I hadn't watched them all year because they were all shit. But I was so into every one of those games. Absolutely. it was on the line. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just like NBA that, finals. I don't watch the NBA, but I always watch the finals because yeah. – it's on the line. Yeah. I think that would be a really, really interesting yeah. way to structure college football. I mean, the I, problem with relegation is it's a, it's a thing that exists much better in theory than it does. in. like, I get what you guys are saying and I like the idea, but like most European things, but I don't trust the NCAA to actually manage that correctly. Like, no, basically anything else is my no, problem. No, no, no they, don't, they don't manage anything. No. I was about to say, they, they wouldn't manage it. it. This would be an agreement like of a new league, like of the big two, the SEC and the Big Ten step away from the NCAA and tell them to fuck off and go create their own league where they're yeah, sharing after... TV revenue with players and the players become employees who sign contracts. Yeah, it's but then it gets, then it gets goofy because, oh, conference. you know, we're going we're gonna to relegate Indiana from the you know from the Big Ten because they're terrible at football, but the Big Ten's not going to want to do that because they're going to want to keep whatever revenue Indiana pulls in from basketball and the tournament. So it, I think, doing it strictly for football is would be tough. Yeah, I don't know how the the bylaws and all that kind of crap work. If you can, because but I mean, I think you can do that because there's a ton of conferences or a ton of teams, excuse me, who play in different conferences in different sports. Like Notre Dame plays in the ACC in every fucking sport except for football. So right, that's that's but that's one example. That's probably the only example in the Power Five that of something like that. 
Like everyone else is basically you're you're a full member. You play all sports in that conference. Yeah, it that used happens to be a lot a more. It, with the, it, like when the, the Big kinda, East was still a thing, there was a lot of yeah, going on. So there wasn't the Big East, and you see it a lot more in like the mid majors or group of five, depending on the sport, where mm-hmm. they play in this league for football, but that league for basketball because it's an FCS school, and so they're technically playing two different levels in the sports, and it, it's weird. But <clears throat> I just I think it's probably just too messy to ever come to fruition. Mm, maybe so. I don't know. Of course, I, <laughs> the, the relegation time, aspect. Anyways, yeah. Every time I think. College football can't get any messier. Uh, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> you know. They go and do something like that. Yeah, they go and God knows what they're going to do next. But all right. So a, a topic. Let's see. What else did you put in here? I don't Every, remember. Everyone's favorite episode. I yeah. mean, this one is, this one is a- easy to me. Timmy, what's your favorite episode we've ever done? Well, you should know that. I think it would probably have to be the, uh, the postseason award show. Yeah, I think that one definitely tops the list for me, man. Yeah, that's a contender. Yeah, we had we really missed you uh, this past year on the award show, and uh, you know it. uh, Maybe we can get you back next season, but uh, I would have to go with the game day eats episode. I think that was the most elite episode we've done. I just I, I fucking I go back and listen to it just to laugh sometimes about Timmy's Mount Vesuvius. Size pile of nachos. Shit's good, man. <laughs> soft pretzels. Yeah, soft pretzel. What was it? Soft pretzels with what? Beer What's cheese, man. Yeah, some beer sort of cheese. mustard cheese or beer cheese. Yeah, and we did get Hunter's uh, <laughs> yep. the, the, the late round bust of the corn dog. <laughs> I fucking so love corn good. dogs, man. So good. <laughs> uh, actually, I I can't hate. I love corn dogs. They are good. They're delicious. Who doesn't? I don't know, man. Timmy was—he was a big hater on the corn dog. Well, you know, you know what I didn't. Get We've all seen hear. Timmy eat a corn dog, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Facts. I, I didn't. One I bite. didn't get. I didn't get to hear Hunter's take on the charcuterie board, though. You—you you look like a charcuterie board kind of guy. Uh, if <laughs> Yo. I'm, you know, I, I learned what a shark is. It charcuterie or charcuterie? Charcuterie. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. Charcuterie. There, there yeah, you go. Charcuterie. Uh, I learned what that was last year. Yeah, I thought it was fucking dumb. It's adult lunchables, man. <laughs> it's it's not for me. I'm give me a box of crackers and some fucking a pack of ham. All right. So you're not bringing that to the game day eat session then? No, it's too All fancy. Right, good. All right, good, good. Come on. I don't, I don't even know that I would call it fancy. It's complete shit. It's just but, boring. Eric, what about you? What's your favorite episode we've done? So. Favorite episode kind of, and that's why I put it in there because I, I sort of approach it from two different ways and I can't make up my mind. So in terms of what episodes I had the most fun doing and recording with you guys, I mean, game day eats and the award show obviously are up there. Um, I even liked the start bench cut episode. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The pick your poison, you know, there's, there's a lot of them like that where I enjoyed them. But I don't know as a like finished product that they were that great. Game Day Eats would be the one that kind of fills both of what did I enjoy doing the most and what would I like to actually listen to the most. So I think like all the ones we've done in the last few months with all the guests, I think are much better episodes from a listener perspective than, you know, stuff like Start Bench Cut or whatever. So, but I think the award show last year that Timmy hosted was maybe neck and neck with game day eats for what was the most fun to actually do. But I think the, it's from a kind of a finished product perspective. I think the one with Barrett Salee would be my favorite episode for two reasons. And you, you know, one of them, these other guys don't, he was a good sport about jumping kind of topic to topic, real rapid fire. We talked about, you know, Oklahoma, Alabama, USC, Ohio state, all these different uh, Clemson, um, and we got it done in about 25 minutes. The other reason I enjoy that episode and listeners don't know this either. You, <laughs> thanks to Jason's magic, they never knew, but my half of the conversation and Barrett Lee's half of the conversation that you hear when that episode, uh, when you listen to that episode were recorded uh, something like four days apart. <laughs> yes. Um, we had to, 
we, we had to do a little extra work and it came out better than I could have ever imagined considering what we went through to, yeah, to you're, get it. You're welcome on the, on the fucking expert producer editing job, by the well, way. You're welcome for the expert talking to a mic and then stare at your screen waiting for two and a half minutes to elapse before <laughs> you say something else. Uh, skills. That I showed. Hunter, Hunter's laughing because he's absolutely had to fucking do it before. Ain't yeah. You? Nope. Yeah. He, he probably does know what I'm talking about, but I'm exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I did the interview with Barrett and it was fun. It, it was good. I thought it was going to be a fantastic episode. Jason texts me. Actually, he calls me that afternoon and he's like, what the hell is going on with your microphone? Your audio is absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. And I somehow wasn't hooked up to my, my microphone. It was using the mic off my webcam. Ugh. And I, I didn't even sound like I was in the same room. Oh, that's atrocious. No, it, it, was it was bad. bad. It was that's a that's a rookie mistake. It was bad, bad. And I don't know how I got that setting screwed up, but I did. And it was it didn't even sound like I was in the same room as my computer. Yeah. No, that sounded like you were inside of a trash can under yeah. the water with a bag on your head. Yep. It Basically. Was, it was terrible. So I I ended up having to kind of listen to his end of the conversation, take notes. And then recreate my side of that interview. And, it, you know, in addition to being good, uh, God, I hate the word, good content, right? Um, the content of the interview in the episode came out really well. Just actually getting something out there, given how bad it was the first time I, I yeah, well, back. he's definitely that's one he's, of my favorites. He's definitely a good fucking sport for listening to your shit. God, yeah, that's and that's part of the problem is if he wasn't such a nice guy and he'd have been like, dude, is there <laughs> any way you can you. fix your audio? Because it is capital T trash, but it ended up okay. But that is probably my favorite episode from both a, uh, you know, from a listener perspective, knowing what we had to do to get it out. Hunter, I'm not going to ask you this question because you've been gone for so fucking long that I, I don't even know if you remember any of the episodes that you were on that we did. I do. And I have a favorite. Ooh. I know which one it is. What is it? I, think I know which you, one it is, too. I think it's when you came on after LSU beat Alabama. No. Well, that's number two. Oh, <laughs> okay. I was wrong. I didn't know what it is. Yeah. Timmy, do you know what it is? Number one has got to be when you and I drug Harbaugh through the mud for probably about 20 minutes. That was the damn right. Oh, my God. Episode yes. five or something like that. Was yeah, that the that same was like one with, with Dr. Thunder. Yes. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Believe yeah. So. yeah. That, well, that no, was, it, that yeah. was two episodes apart. Doctor Thunder was a week sure, later. sure yeah, about because that. Doc, yeah, Doctor Thunder, Thunder, Thunder was, was Big Twelve. Big yeah, and yeah maybe, maybe, you're right. maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. That was the first Big Ten preview we ever did. That was episode two of this. Show. Harbaugh roast was definitely the best for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one's the top top three right there, hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> so good. I need to go back and listen to that. Man, I, I still love the Harbaugh doesn't trust banks joke. That was fantastic. <laughs> guys, like 25 and three since you guys said that. Yeah, oh, I know. Oh, dude, I know. We, we absolutely just <laughs> drug his ass through the fucking just, bleh, and, and man, he's done nothing but dominate. So no, I'm, here to, I'm here to drag him still. I don't give a shit. I should go bet on all the teams that I drag through the mud because all the teams that I drag through the mud. They end up being really good, except for Clemson. They still suck. <laughs> Timmy, you weren't here for that one. Games. <laughs> they still suck. Yeah, you weren't here for that one, Timmy, but we did a stock market watch. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter short-sold Clemson. He's so out on them. I got uh, squeezed. Yeah. They, they oh, yeah. The, got game stopped. Yeah, yeah, they I were did. the the ugliest looking eleven win team I think I've ever seen. In my I was life. the AMC uh, and GameStop of college football <laughs> stock talk. <laughs> so good. So we talked briefly about kind of expansion in the relegation discussion, but Timmy, as a Virginia Tech fan, you know you see a lot of the speculation and rumors about who the SEC would invite from the ACC if they were to expand further, or who would be the next teams up that the Big Ten would go after. If you just assume that the ACC dissolves, and I, there's a that's a whole different discussion on what would have to happen for those guys to leave, but what would be, A, your expectation for where Virginia Tech goes, and B, where would you want them to go? I think or do you my, care? Well, I do care um, because, you know, I, I may be biased and I may have a Homer hat on, but I, I still think that they have some brand notoriety in the college football realm, and I think they, they bring a lot to the table from a conference perspective. What, what I would expect to happen is that, 
you know, if the ACC just disappeared, that they would probably be attractive to the SEC um, just geographically and because they're one of those teams that has a really strong foundation and fan base. But I honestly don't know that I would like to see them in the SEC just because they would just get fucking destroyed every week. And as a fan, I would probably rather see them in the Big Ten. Uh, I think it would be more competitive for where they are right now. But, um, yeah, that's where I'm at on it. Yeah, I think either conference would be okay getting them, given that you get the D.C. uh, TV market there. So I think that is a valuable TV market to have. So if the ACC does dissolve, which, by the way, Eric, I think it's eight teams in the conference. Eight of them have to say, fuck this, we're out. Yeah, I think they need a majority. Um, Yeah. And I, I think they're struggling to find that eighth team because I know there's, I'm sure there's teams that, you know, I can't imagine if I'm Clemson, cover your ears, Hunter, that I'm thrilled with the situation in that current conference and don't feel like, oh, I could go, you know, like if Clemson called the SEC tomorrow and said, hey, we want to join, do you think the SEC would tell them no? Absolutely not. No. So, you know, a, a place like Clemson or arguably um, a Florida State or North Carolina would be attracted to other other conferences. The problem is there's a lot of schools in that conference that would struggle to find a home, like, you know, Syracuse. Boston College. Right. Yeah. What is what is Syracuse gonna do? Well you know, th- they're, they're gonna play in they're gonna play in the Biff League and the relegation. Right. Model. So That's teams like good. Boston College, Syracuse are like, hey, this current setup is probably as good as we're gonna get. So we want to keep it. And well, I think, you know, <laughs> Whoever and I don't know what which seven teams want to do what and which. Well, we um, did get a report a few weeks ago that is as, as many as six to seven teams are exploring ways to get out of the grant of rights. Well, well, here's my question to you guys then, because I've I've you know thought about this myself. You know, I can think off the top of my head probably four teams in, in that conference that have the the notoriety and the brand that they definitely are getting screwed in this situation. But who are the other four? Hold on. Who are who are the four you're thinking of? Because I want to see if I think they're crazy. So obviously Clemson. Yep. Obviously Florida State. I'm putting North Carolina in that, and I'm putting Virginia Tech in that. I can't really think of another four teams in that conference that really have, you know, the beef to say, hey, fuck you. I'm going to the SEC. Like, the SEC would be like, thanks, but no thanks. You know, yeah. like yeah. Wake think- Forest? Like, are you kidding me? No, nobody gives a shit about Wake Forest. But do, yeah. does Clemson win 11 games in the SEC? No, probably not. No. But that's not what it's about. It's yeah, about, it's about TV money, right? Yeah. It's about eyeballs on the TV, and yep. you know what you can bring to to the conference in that regard. Yeah, so I'm not going to sit here and say that Clemson couldn't win eight, nine, ten games in the SEC. I mean, yeah, they've they're going to battle against the Georgias and the Alabamas and the LSU's of the world, but Missouri, Arkansas. Now, Texas A&M, any given year, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, fucking Clemson could beat those teams. They've done it. You know, the shit, they beat the fuck out of Alabama a couple of times in title games. They're, they're capable of getting there. It's not hard to do. Oh, shots so, fired. So I'm okay with the four teams you listed That's to, really but, and I would also throw in that arguably NC State maybe has yeah, a chance. To be yeah, there. I could see that. I just I was curious if you were going to say Miami, because I think Miami fans believe no. that they're on that list, no, and I, I would disagree. Not. Like they can't even fill up a stadium for no. home games. I don't think the no. SEC is interested in no. staging games in front of sixteen thousand fans. No, but uh, and Louisville might be another one, maybe geographically, given they already have the rivalry with Kentucky. But I don't know how much that matters if yeah, they already I, have a footprint in that state. I think if Louisville was going to join the SEC, they would have done it already. And I don't think the SEC is interested in adding a second team from the Kentucky TV market. You know what right. I mean? Like what do you what, what what do you stand to gain? They do have a major league stadium and mm-hmm. a big, you know, a good fan base and good swag and they got a lot of money. You know, they got all that Papa John's money. But uh I, I don't know what you really stand to gain value wise from adding a team like that. So I I don't know. I, right. I have one thing I'd like to ask you guys about. And sure. Jason, you and I talked about this a little bit briefly, mm-hmm. but Eric, I'm not sure how much you you played video games as a, as a younger adult oh, male. As a, as a younger adult male, uh, 
Like when we were in the like when we were in the Navy, yeah. that's all we used to do is play video games, right? Yeah. So NCAA football was was one of me and, and Jason and Timmy's favorite games to play. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of heated robberies, right? Well, that game is coming back. EA Sports is bringing that back to the market. And I saw an uh, an article the other day about it could be delayed because players are holding out for more money from the game. There there is a group of players that are advocating for uh, holding out and not signing over. Use of their name, image, and likeness for the five hundred dollars that is being proposed, and in some cases it makes sense. In a lot of other cases, it doesn't. Like if you're if you're Drake May, your likeness on that video game is worth a lot more than five hundred dollars. Yeah, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, example. same thing. Yeah, but if you're the second string linebacker at Utah State, five hundred dollars is the absolute most that you could possibly dream. I mean, and there, there's players that have tweeted like. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You, like, put I would, me on there for free. Yeah, yeah, I would let you put me on there for nothing, let alone like you're going to pay me to put me on a video game. Hell yeah! But there's, but there's no so, way this is going to work. I mean, name another industry in America that pays people this way. Well, well, the problem is, is that you know, take Madden for example. You know, it, they have this issue with professional players, right? But where they, guys aren't in they, the NFL. Yay. Right. They collectively bargain it through the players association. The college guys don't have that representation. So they right. have to figure this shit out if they want to make it work. And it's still yeah. the wild west. Well, that's so, what so I put, that's kind of what I put in the group chat yesterday though about this when we sort of touched on this was I don't ever see it getting made. They keep pushing it back and keep pushing it back. I don't see it but, getting made until those players become employees, which they will sooner rather than later. And when that happens, then they have to sign contracts and they can collectively bargain the shit and put the fucking game out. Well, yeah. well here's what or, I think or is form some sort of union. Yeah. I think I think what's gonna happen is is because electronic arts is in the business of making money, right? And yeah. they're not going to pass up that paycheck by delaying the game, delaying the game. They're gonna put out the game, but you know what you're gonna end up with is QB twelve and mm-hmm. RB seven instead of people's name, image, and likeness on their video game, and all the other guys that are getting five hundred bucks are gonna have their names and image on that game. That's right. what I think is gonna happen. If, if they give every player in college football five hundred dollars, you know, if you just assume a hundred players on the roster per team times 133. And that's even on the light side. Now you're looking at probably something like 10 or 12% of a million games sold at $65 a piece, like 12% right off the top going to players. And that's fine to me, but you know, EA sports isn't going to do that. They're not going to say, well, we'll give you a fifth or actually it's a 10th. Yeah. They've offered up $5 million total. To pay the and players. I'll tell you, dude, $5 million in EA Sports speak, and I follow EA Sports a lot with FIFA. That's their flagship game. That's where they make the most money is FIFA. That ain't shit. <laughs> they can make $5 million in an hour with that game, with in-game purchases, and they do. They made over well, and I think dollars. I think that's the only thing they would make. I mean, how much does it cost to, to develop? And- Not as much as the company's worth. This company, EA Sports, is worth like, what, four or $5 billion? It's no, they're worth $30 billion, I think. But they're worth $4 billion. $30 billion? Because, Holy like, shit. Yeah. Because they're not in the habit of throwing away money. Like, they're not going to make the game if it's going to not be profitable for them. And at a certain point, when you're talking about paying players, you know, exorbitant sums, whether it's deserved or not, the companies decide, well, that's just not, that's past our price point and it's not worth it for us to make this game. How many games are they going to sell? Ultimately, they're going to do it just like they do Madden and just like they do FIFA. They're going to have an online fucking mode where you purchase cards and the players are going to fucking get money from those card purchases. Well, I mean, maybe that's the answer where it's more incentive laden or something. Yeah, that's exactly. They're not going to say, yeah, yeah, Caleb Williams, we'll give you $100,000 to use your name and image likeness in this video game. Um, or a percentage of sales or whatever. It's going to have to come through kind of the add-ons, I would think. But like, how many copies are they going to sell? You think they sell 10 million? I don't. I think oh, it flies yeah. off the shelves regardless oh, yeah, because really? people yeah. are going to buy it for nostalgia reasons on the first iteration. Yeah, but 10 now, million? I mean, well, there's three people uh, in this podcast that would go purchase it the day it was fucking yeah. released. No, there's yeah. four, but that's not the point. <laughs> There you well, go. What they man. also do though is they have a subscription model where you pay like twelve twelve dollars a month and you can play all of their games. So right. So I, and that. I guess maybe that's my disconnect is because you're talking about a time where we all did play video games and I sort of 
when video games turn more towards that model where it's more online yeah, this purchase, was purchasing era. purchasing uh you know the add-on packs and stuff oh, like, yeah that's when i kind of tuned out like i play call of duty and i don't do the 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 multiplayer get my ass waxed by some 12 year old who's who spent 40 dollars of his parents money on what like get i go and do like individual missions or the storyline and <laughs> that's how i play video games and i i know maybe i'm in the minority but that, and that's probably how i would play ea sports college football so i don't know i 10 million seems like a lot maybe they would sell that many and in that case probably it's worth more than 500 dollars per player or more for the bigger name players what they're going to run into is once you start paying drake may a hundred thousand dollars then you know the starting quarterback for oklahoma state or arizona is gonna be like hey i deserve more than 500 bucks and then you're going to be fighting with those guys over yeah. whether you give them 10,000 or 15 and yeah then the game doesn't come out till 2029 and i i say all that just because and I don't, there's not really a point to this. It's just kind of interesting the way it turns out. Um, when was the last one they made, Jason? What was it, like 2010? Something 2014. Like so 2014. it came out in 2013. So almost 10 so. years down the road. And they may not make the game for the same reason they ended the game. That they stopped, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I don't you know, know the more things change. Yeah, the more they stay the same. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting, though. Well, guys, we've taken up enough of... Uh, Timmy and Hunter's time. We appreciate both of you for joining me and Eric on episode one fucking hundred, man. Pretty crazy. Obviously you guys are welcome back any old time, but uh, Eric, what the fuck are we talking about next week? Do you have any idea? We're just going to make some shit up. Is it getting warm in here? Uh, Maybe, maybe I think, I think maybe there are some seats Sounds that like are hot. hot seats. Oh yeah. shit, son! Hot seat rankings. Yes, oh, we, we are still we are still trying our damnedest to to find some sort of guest to talk about something interesting. Uh, whether or not that happens, we will be doing our annual hot seat rankings. Oh man, okay. Timmy wait. and Hunter, feel free to to text us your rankings if you so is, choose. Is Scott Frost still on there somewhere? No, somehow? <laughs> no. he's got to be. He's got to no. be. He's uh, he he might still be on your list regardless of what he's doing on the hot seat list. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hot seat next week, and then uh, maybe a guest, maybe not. It might be a short episode if we're just doing hot seat rankings. And then after that, we are starting. Believe it or not. Conference by conference, season previews, and win totals. Win totals, baby. Mm. One more week of bullshit before we get to the interesting stuff. That's what I'm talking about. Well, uh, with that being said, you guys can find us on social media at South Zone Zone Pod. That's YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the interwebs. And you can follow me at Jason Bailey 47 You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And Hunter, since you... Uh, shameless plug here feel free to plug your own shit and your podcast and your well, where people if, can find you if you're into fifa and you want to learn about fifa the video game and talk nerd fifa with us you can do that by going to footballers on all of your podcast platforms and you can follow me on twitter at the foot hunter awesome and uh, uh timmy do you want anybody to follow you or you just want to tell everybody to fuck off I don't Go. give a shit. I'll <laughs> fucking flame me in the comments anyway. So bring never it. change, Timmy. No, nope. <laughs> no, don't ever change. All right. Well, we'll be back with you next week. See you then. Later. Spectacular group of men. You go find them. You throw your arms around them. You give them a big kiss on the mouth if you're a girl. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. 